One more time, let's honor those. video. I've seen that video about 10 times. It messes me up every time. Anybody else messed up out there? <clears throat> um, we appreciate <clears throat> that means time out. Um, those who who um, Paid the price. And um, those who fight today, those who are training <clears throat> to fight and protect us, and we love them very much. And I ain't got much time, so I got to stop crying here and get, get it together. Ah. Uh. We are talking about um, the call of the church. What does God want us to do as a church? We're often talking about, you know, how can I get this from God or get that from God? As a matter of fact, the next sermon series we're going to do is on prayer. We're going to talk about how to pray, and that sermon series is called Open Skies. Open Skies. There's nothing between you and God that you can't talk to God. And we're going to talk about that, and um, next week we've got a really, really, really special treat for you next weekend at the bridge, and both here at Whitley Church, and then we'll begin our new series the following weekend on prayer as we talk about uh, how to pray effectively and the, the force of our prayers and the course and the source. Sounds like a good outline, don't it? Came up with that all by myself. And, um, but right now we're talking about not what we can get or how to get something from God, but what's our responsibility? What is our calling? What has God said to the church? We talked about attractional church. We talked about uh, having the, the very best weekend worship services we can have and inviting people to those. I think we've had a pretty good one today so far, don't you, if I don't mess it up. Let's give it up for the mime team. Do we love our mime team? Man. I just love those little mimers. And when they chained them up, I knew they were going to be free before that mime was over. Didn't y'all know they were going to be free? And uh, I love the old mimers back in the back. I don't know if y'all know there's some old mimers back there in the back. We love them. They don't move quite as fast. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we got the attractional church. We talked about the attractional church and the missional church, a couple of new words in the church world. Attractional says, we invite you. We're going to have some really neat things going on on the weekend, and we want you to come to that. That's attractional. But missional is the other side of that, where not only do we bring them in, but we train them up, and we send them out. And so uh, most of what you're reading today is attractional versus missional. The church that says, come, come to our weekend services, come see what we're doing, and then uh, the missional church that says the church is for the purpose of training people up and sending them out. It's not for the purpose of inviting. I happen to agree with both of these approaches. I believe we can have an environment here where we can say to our family and friends, come, 
come and, and, and meet our church and meet our pastor and meet our kids' leaders and, and, and meet our congregation, and, and you're going to find a loving congregation, a caring congregation. You're going to find some really creative elements. It's not your daddy's church. It's a, it's a different kind of church. So we want to be attractional in that way, but then we want to make sure we're doing what Jesus said do because, see, Jesus uh, his whole deal was about attracting people to himself and to his message. And Jesus had fans. He knew they were just fans. But Jesus said, we must make disciples of these fans. We're using the sports analogy of, you know, we want to get people into the stadium, into the church. But we want to get them down out of the bleachers where they're not just cheering and rooting us on, but they're in the game. And we'll talk about that today. And among those who will come down out of the bleachers and get in the game will be some Michael Jordans, some incredible uh, players, some incredibly talented leaders. And there aren't many, but there will be some that will rise up among us. And they will lead us and we will follow them. And we see it happening here at Whitley Church among our youth. We see some game changers, not just players, but game changers who are being brought up through the ranks of this church, and we praise God for that. There were game changers up here on the stage this morning. There were some young people who will lead us. There are some young people who will lead those who are in the nursery now and those who are in preschool this morning. They will lead them in making this church more effective and even greater than it is. So Jesus knew that his miracles and his teaching, and Jesus did uh, illustrations and told stories and used parables, and the people came to hear. They were fans, but Jesus, his goal the whole time was not to build bigger crowds, but to make disciples. And then Jesus talked to his disciples, and I'm going to read to you what he said to them. And as I read to you what he said to them, I want you to put your name there this morning because he's talking to us. He's talking to us right here at Whitley Church. So listen to what he says in Luke 9, verses 1 through 6. And he called the twelve together and gave them power. They were his twelve what? Disciples, followers. Ladies and gentlemen, that's who you are. Have you, if you have received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior... You're following him and you're in the word and you're in prayer and you're serving, then you're a follower of Jesus. You're following. He's giving you power, giving you authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them. He did what? He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither a staff nor a bag nor bread nor money, and do not even have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that city. And as for those who do not receive you, as you go out from that city, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So Jesus gave them these clear instructions, and we'll break it down this morning for you. And then in verse 6, it tells what they did. It says that they obeyed him. The Bible says in verse 6, departing. They began going throughout the villages. Think about Whitley Church. Think about the people around us this morning who do not know him. We are to go from here into our community doing two things, preaching the gospel and helping people, ministering to people, healing everywhere. The church is to bring healing. 
When we talk about healing, we always think physical. And that's important. And we've seen God do some incredible things in the physical arena in this church. But ladies and gentlemen, there are things that need to be healed that are even more important than physical. And you are his children. You are his disciples. You are his followers. And he wants you to go from this place into the communities where we live and into the places where we work and bring the love of Jesus. Bring that healing. Bring that good news, that gospel. Now Jesus kind of gives a formula here for turning fans into bleachers, turning them into players, getting them in the game. You have to understand, at this point, the disciples had primarily just been fans of Jesus. I mean, they had followed him around, but they hadn't really done very much. They had only watched while he did ministry, while he taught, while he did miracles, while he ministered to the needs of the people. I mean, had they lived today, they would have had a bumper sticker on their camel that said, I heart Jesus. I mean, they were fans They would have had another bumper sticker that said, spit if you love Jesus, because camels, I thought of that one all by myself. And, um, you know, there are those people that go around going, Jesus rules, man, Jesus rules, fans of Jesus. And it's okay to be a fan of Jesus. We all started out as a fan. Jesus said to his disciples, hey, guys, that's fine. I'm glad you're fans of mine, but it's time for you to become players. And instead of just watching and cheering while I do the miracles in the ministry, it's time for you to start doing them yourselves. So Jesus takes three specific actions in this passage, and I want to show them to you. Number one, he challenged them. He challenged them. One of the reasons, to be very frank with you, that some people do not stay here at Whitley Church, and sometimes they come and visit us and they move on, because a lot of times people are looking for a church where they can just come and sit, where they can just come and and not really get involved, but just sit, kind of be entertained, kind of watch from the bleachers, but we are constantly challenging you, aren't we? We're constantly challenging you, and you're going to get challenged today. I had a lady one time, this has been years ago, who left our church and said, I am not going back to that church. He always tells me that I should be leading something. He's always challenging me to be a leader. He's always talking about ministry. He's always talking about service. I'm only doing it because that's what Jesus did. Let's look in Luke 9, 1 and 2 at the challenge. It says, and he called the 12 together. See him here calling Whitley Church. See him standing on this stage this morning, calls us together, and he says, Whitley Church, I give you power, and I give you authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Again, that healing disease is there. Of course, yes, ministering to the sick, and, but also to the brokenhearted. And you can lead, read in Luke 4, I believe it's 4.18, Jesus talks about why he came. He says, I've come to set the captive free to set at liberty them that are bruised, to heal the brokenhearted. And then Jesus, when he left us in Acts 2 and went back to heaven, he said, now I send you a power. I send you an anointing. I send you authority so that you can continue to do those things I started in the earth. And so he goes on in verse 2 and he says, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God, and to perform healing. There's always a challenge involved if you want people to move from just being fans to getting in the game and being players. 
A word to those of you who are already serving. How many volunteers, you volunteer in this church in any capacity, will you just wave at me and say, Pastor, I volunteer here at Whitley Church. God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much. And let me tell you something. You're going to volunteer in this church, and and I'm not going to see it. The staff isn't going to see it sometimes. And you're going to be serving, and and nobody's going to come by and say thank you. It's not because we don't thank you. It's because we're human and we get distracted and, and you've been doing something faithfully and, and nobody ever comes up and nobody ever says anything. It's very rare that anybody comes up or finds you because maybe the ministry you do here is kind of behind the scenes and, and people just don't see it. I want to say thank you this morning. Thank you so much. You're like the, you're like the structure behind the sheetrock. You, we can't see you all the time, but you're holding the roof up. Amen. You see, we see the sheetrock, and it's painted different colors, and it's got light on it, and we think, oh, isn't that beautiful? And sometimes we see the people up here on the stage, and we think about them because they're up there, and they're making beautiful music. Let me tell you, behind all that is a team of people you can't see making them effective in ministering to you. And let's give it up for them today. Amen. Our media team, our hospitality team. You guys, we thank you so much for what you do when nobody's looking. Those of you who are in the nursery, that person who's changing that barn burner diaper right now, God bless you. We love you. Don't we love them? Amen. There's a special crown. Uh, it'll be the BB a star barn burner uh, when they get to heaven. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, let me say to those of you who serve Challenge the people around you. Challenge the people around you. If you have people around you and and maybe they got hurt somewhere at another church or maybe, you know, I don't know why they're not serving, but you just kind of see them there. Maybe they, because we're a bigger church than the normal churches around here, maybe they've got it in their head or the enemy's told them, you know, they're not needed here. We got what we need. Those of you who serve, you tell them. You tell them, come on, man. Join us on the usher team. Join us on the, join us on the nursery team. Join us in the kids' ministry team. You challenge people. Um, it, it isn't just the pastor and the staff calling people up and saying, hey, man, come on, we, we need you to get involved. We need you to help us. We need more structure. We need more boards behind the sheetrock, and, and, and we can use you. You say that to them. A challenge, a challenge. Yeah, you, you look at them and you say, hey, man, what if you got out outside your comfort zone a little bit? What if you got involved here? What if you started helping someone else? What if all of a sudden you took the focus off yourself and your family and you looked at helping somebody else? Challenge people. Challenge them to get involved. One of the things we talk about all the time at staff meeting is, is always talking to people and saying, hey, man, where are you serving? Where are you serving? We want you to get involved and help us out. As a matter of fact, this is the job description of our staff. That's part of their job description is always be challenging and talking to people. Let's look at Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10, and I'm going to put my name in here, and I want you to put your name in here. You say, why do you guys always talk about us doing good works and us getting involved in the ministry of the church? Right, here's the reason. Look what it says, and this is just one verse of, among many that send this very same message. I'm going to put my name there. Farrell Hardison, God has made you what you are. Farrell, he has created you in Christ Jesus. 
The Pharaoh Hardison, he wants you to live a life filled with good works. And these good works he prepared for you to do before you were ever born. Isn't that amazing? Put your name there. You know, if it's just handing somebody a cup of coffee, if it's handing somebody a worship program, find a place so that, you remember I talked about last week, you want that flow going in your life? Did you know that a body of water, a body of water that has water coming into it but no water flowing out, do you know that body of water will die? It will stagnate. It will grow algae. Fish can't live in it. Life can't live there. Uh, It can't produce anything. But you open it up on the other side and you let water flow out as new water is flowing in and all of a sudden there's fish and there's life and there's fruit. See, I'm asking you this morning if you have an outflow from your life. We're always saying, oh God, give, 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 give. Where's the outflow? Where's the outflow from your life? Who are you blessing? Who are you helping? Who are you encouraging? You say, well, I don't really know what what I'm good at. Um, We have a class called 301, and we offer that class several times a year, and it's a class you can get involved in and learn about the different giftings and how they fit here at church. And uh, let me ask you this. What are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? That's probably what your calling is. And you're probably, there's some, probably some people sitting here right now going, man, I'm just working in the nursery. And I'm telling you, dude, I ain't passionate about that right there. Hey, I understand that. But did you know, and we'll look at it in just a minute, when you will serve in those places of greatest need, God will open other doors for you down the road. But when you won't serve in the place of greatest need, then you never find that place where you can minister in your passion. Are y'all with me out there on this? Everybody understand that? Look at the second thing Jesus did. Not only did he challenge them, but he empowered them. The Bible says in Luke 9 and 1, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority. That word power is dunamis. It's the word we get dynamite from. That word authority is exousion. It means authority over power. We've already talked about this. I gave the Barney Fife illustration, you know. The reason he can tell an 18-wheeler to stop is not because he's more powerful, but he has what? A badge, and that gives him authority over the power. So we don't only have power, we have authority too over all the demons and the hill diseases. I don't know if you were listening to the song that the mimers were giving off today, but that was the message. It was that we have authority. We have authority and we can take back those things he has stolen from us. Now, how does that relate to us in a practical sense here in the church? When we talk about how Jesus empowered them, let me tell you what happens in a lot of churches. What happens in a lot of churches, maybe you're here today and you're looking for a church. You're trying to find a church. Well, we hope it's us, but it might not be. God may have another church he wants you in. I I don't know what God's will is, and we always tell people, you do God's will. We hope you'll stay here, but you listen to him, and you always do what he says. Um, but what happens in a lot of churches is, you know, you're, you're kind of new in the community or, or maybe you just recommitted yourself to Christ and you're like, man, I'm going to get back in church. I'm going to get back in serving God. I used to do that. I want to get back to that. Maybe you're a person who's looking at the news and you're looking at what's going on around you and you're saying, you know what, man, this thing's about to shut down. This thing's coming to an end. If I'm going to get right with God, i got to go ahead and get right with God. Let me get in church. Let me get involved. Let me start blessing other people. And then when you walk in some churches, 
They will take your check, but they will give you the skunk eye if you want some influence. You don't know what the skunk eye is? Y'all ever been in a church where you were excited, you wanted to get involved, you wanted to do something, but because you didn't have a certain last name, because you didn't have a certain income level, because they didn't know you and you spoke with a foreign accent like maybe from Boston, Maybe your skin wasn't the right color. Can I preach on that? And so you walk in, and you're like, I want to get involved, and they all about taking your change. They're all about taking your offering. But, man, you ain't going to have no influence up in here, so don't even think you are. Let me tell you something. It isn't like that at Whitley Church. We want to, we wanna, and I want to say to my leaders, and I want to say to my staff, and I want to say to my ministry directors, if we want people to serve here, we got to give up some control. You know what Jesus was doing right here? Jesus was backing off. Jesus had been doing everything. Jesus had been doing all the healing. He had been doing all the stuff. And he just kind of backed off. And he said, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you do it. I'm going to turn you loose. Um, and, and you say, well, pastor, you know, people come in sometimes and we don't really know them that well. And, and, and you know, they could be bringing in a bad spirit or they could be bringing in, you know, that's where the faith kicks in. That's where the faith part of this thing kicks in. And here's what you do. You do low control, but you do, you do high accountability. Y'all listening? Low control, high accountability. You, you, you don't smother them. You don't stand over their shoulder. You don't try to force them to do it the way you did it exactly. You let them kind of be themselves. Let people find their place. How many of you know there might come somebody in here that knows how to do what you're doing better and you know how to do it? So, Kelly, let me ask you something. Do you love the kingdom of God good enough to go, you know what, that guy's better at that than I am. Let me back off out here and let that guy do his thing. You remember Barnabas and Paul? And Barnabas uh, was, was uh, loved. He was called the, the comforter. He, he, was, he was given the same name as the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, this dude that was killing Christians, all of a sudden, he claims he got saved. He's coming all up in the church going, man, I'm ready to help you all out. Now, I know I killed your grandpa, but I'm here to help you now. And the church went, they gave him the skunk eye. And Barnabas was there. Barnabas brought Paul in and said, listen, guys, I've been around him a little bit. There's been a change in his life. And you know what happened? And I'm going to tell you something. There aren't many people who can handle this right here. Barnabas' star in the scriptures grew dimmer. And Paul's star grew brighter. And and Barnabas was cool with it. Ooh, some of the maddest people I've ever seen in my life are people filled with the Holy Ghost. And you come all up in there and got that job. Amen, amen. And they're speaking in tongues, but that ain't the Holy Spirit tongues. It's, it's like some cussing or something. I don't know what. They ain't happy. So let me ask you something. How much of God you got in you? If somebody walked up in here who could do your thing better than you can do your thing and it was obvious that God had his hand on them, could you back up and say, for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God, I will support you in what you're doing. Thank you. Who said that? Bless you, sister. Because that's hard to say amen to. That's hard to say amen to. 
You say, Pastor, could you do that? Not only can I do it, we're already getting ready for it. We're already getting ready for it. There's some preachers. We're looking at some young pastors coming up. They don't even know we're looking at them. We're trying to find out who's going to replace this old guy. Because one day somebody's going to replace this guy. And we don't want that to just happen. I know churches right now who the pastor won't leave. The church used to boom. It used to be booming. It used to be killing it, man. It used to be reaching people. And the dude won't leave. (laughs) And now the church is going, are y'all with me? There's a time to go. Ain't time for me yet, but it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. That time is coming. Hey, sometimes on Monday, man, I'm ready for y'all to go ahead and do it. <laughs> you know, I didn't preach too good that weekend. I'm standing there staring out the window. I'm going, you know, I ain't a, I ain't a stupid man. I could do something else. You know, I ain't an idiot. I could, I could do something else where people like me. I could go somewhere where people like me. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> That's Monday morning at a pastor's house. You come to my house on Monday morning, I'm just staring out the window. Going, I ain't an ignorant man. I could, I could greet people at Walmart. I, you know. Then I, these poor people, you know, that they just tell you everything you want to hear. You know, I know when I blow it, and people, don't you love that guy? You know when it was terrible, and people, he's come up, and, that's just awesome. No, it was not awesome. I blew it today. Come up telling me it was awesome. <laughs> and lay hands on you and say, God, cast out that spirit of lying, that lying demon. <laughs> Y'all with me out there? Everybody love me? You got to release people. Jesus released them. He empowered them. You train them, you mentor them, you walk along beside them, but you don't control them. You don't breathe down their neck. You're not there every time they turn around and going, I didn't do it like that. When I used to do it, I didn't do it like that. Now, here's how I did it. Just let the guy do it. He may be better than you. I'm sorry, but he may be better than you. Look what Jesus did. Jesus got 12 novice, ignorant men. And he's giving them some pretty powerful weapons, casting out demons, healing people, raising the dead. I mean, some weird stuff could happen. When you start giving Peter power like that, you know what I love about Peter? His last name was Hardison, by the way. But Peter, <laughs> Peter, uh, you know, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and said, Simon Barjona, that means Simon, son of John. God, uh, you know, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven revealed that to you. And he looked at Peter one time. He looked at the disciples and said, well, y'all, you know, everybody else was leaving Jesus. Jesus said, well, y'all leave me too. Peter said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It was Peter that got out the boat and walked on the water. But Peter didn't ever give up his knife. I just love that about Peter because y'all just like that. Some of y'all just like that. You love God. You all in the Holy Spirit. But if somebody jumps on somebody, you got your knife. You got that knife. And, and, and when they came on jumping on Jesus, you know, instead of Peter going in the name of Jesus and by the power, Peter said, I'm going to cut somebody up in here. You put your, <laughs> you put your hand on my Lord. I'm going to cut somebody. I'll go right back to my old life. I'll, I'll try to take your head off, but I may just get your ear. <laughs> Don't you love that about Peter? 
Man, that's so like us. Oh, pastor, I've been walking into word. I've been walking into scripture. Pastor, I'm going to tell you, I've God been revealing stuff to me. I'll cut you, don't you? <laughs> no, we still, Peter still had his, I just, I'm sorry. He still had his knife. I just love that. I just think about that the other day. I mean, Jesus, and I don't get all this. I mean, Jesus knew all about Peter. He knew Peter was going to deny him. And he's talking to Peter right here going, I give you power and authority to go out and preach the gospel and heal the sick. See, you can't wait till folks are perfect to let them serve. You can't wait till folks are perfect to let them get involved in the church because guess what? If people had to be perfect, I wouldn't be up here. I'd be down there waiting for somebody who's perfect to get up here because I ain't it. It's bad English, but good preaching. And here's something I really don't understand. I really don't get this. I'm be honest with you. People ask me Bible questions all the time. There's some questions you're going to ask me. I don't know. Here's one of them. He even had Judas was in that crowd. Wasn't he? Judas was in that crowd. And, and I don't know everything Jesus was doing with that whole Judas deal. But he was in the crowd. So this is the faith part, man. This is the faith part where we release. And, and, and some of you have served in church before. Some of you have never served in church before. Some of you got down out of the bleachers one time in a church you were going to and you got in the game and people started cleating you with the cleats. Y'all, how many football players I got here? Y'all know what that is. You're in the game playing, you know, and you tackle somebody and while he's getting up, he just cleats you in your hand. Hurts. Let me tell you something, man. Church, some of y'all got, am I making any sense here? Some of y'all got cleated in church. You got in the game, and you tackle somebody better than another guy did who's in church. And while y'all were getting up, he just cleated you and just hurt you. And you thought, that's a Christian man right there. So you know what you did? You got out of the game. You quit, and you crawled back up in the stands. And you're sitting back up in the stands again because you got hurt. <clears throat> you got to get back down. It's a risk. When you love people and when you serve people and you, when you reach out to touch people and bless people, it is always a risk. You think Jesus knew he was taking a pretty big risk when he put on a robe of flesh and took off a robe of glory and came down here among us? How we would treat him, how we would receive him. Look at Ephesians 2.10 again. God has made us what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus for what purpose? To live lives filled with good works that he prepared before we were ever born. He had a, br a blueprint for you to accomplish things in your life. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get disappointed. Some, I may have hurt you. I may have disappointed you. I may have not patted you on the back when you so deserved it. And, and you, there's a little voice saying, oh, I'd quit. I'd quit. He walked right by you. He didn't thank you. Thank you for that. He didn't even show any appreciation. Then he got right up there in the middle of his sermon and appreciated somebody else. He ain't doing a third what you're doing. And there's that little voice. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And you're like, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll quit and I'll get back up in the stands. I'll show them. And see, then you're playing right into the enemy's hands. So, so um, you've been empowered. Serve faithfully. Number three, he sent them. He sent them. He didn't just challenge them and empower them. He sent them. 
Luke 9, 1 and 2, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases, to bless people, to help people. And he sent them out. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing, moving people from fans to players and finding some game changers in there. It's really more about out there than it is in here. Now, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, where the Panthers pretend to play football, <laughs> that, that building seats about 74,000. So let's say this new coach coming in, help us, Jesus, let it be, grant it, Lord. <laughs> Y'all remember back in, how many old school church people I got here where they used to say, granite, Lord, granite. I thought there was a stone Jesus somewhere. Granite, Lord. You know, okay. Anyway, uh, um, little boy came home from church one day. His mom said, what y'all sing about at church today? He said, a bear. And she said, who? He said, gladly. I said, really? Yeah, gladly the cross-eyed bear. Okay. Um, <laughs> gladly the cross-eyed bear. Y'all get that going home. All right, listen, <laughs> listen. There's people sitting here going, what is he talking about? What? Okay. And what if that stadium's packed with 74,000 people? And what if it was the goal, what if it was the goal of the Panthers to, it's not their goal, but what if it was their goal to get people out of the stands? What if it was their vision, their goal to get people out of the stands, get more people involved in playing football? Well, what would happen is they would, they would put that challenge out there and they'd talk about it and they'd, they'd market that idea and then people would start to move out of the stands to come down into the game and uh, what they would find is there are some pretty big boys already on the sidelines and they ain't in the game either. And so if it was the goal of the Panthers to get everybody playing football, then in order for them to get those people playing football, they would look at them and go, you know what, in the house, in the house, we've got all we need, so what we're going to do is send you out to do your ministry. Send you out to play football. So maybe the Panthers would start flag football teams, or they would start uh, touch football teams, or Pop Warner, or, or semi-pro, or they'd, they'd start some games in the city park, and some backyards all over the place. If they wanted them to get in the game, they would have to send them out. A lot of times in the church, what God's called you to do, it, it isn't going to happen in here. So what we're supposed to do, Pastor Jimmy's so excellent at this, is we got to develop strategies to get you outside, to get you outside the stadium doing some ministry out there where your ministry may be more effective than it would ever be in here. Sent them out. The missional church is more about sending. The attractional church says, come, 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 come. See what we're going to do this weekend. Hear the word. Hear the sermon series. Listen to the music. See the mime team. See our children's ministry. Come, come to our campus. Then it is our responsibility to train them up and send them out. Because there are people out there who don't know Christ, who are dying every day without him. So the missional church is more about sending than it is about inviting. Then Jesus gives some instruction. So first of all, he challenged them, then he empowered them, then he sent them. That's the role of the church. 
That's the role of the church. That's what God says, Farrell Hardison, as senior pastor of Whitley Church, and your staff, I want you to challenge people. I want you to back off and give some people some, some room to use their gift, and then I want you to send them out. I want you to create opportunities for them to go out. So Jesus goes on, and let's look in Luke 9 and 3. Jesus says in Luke 9 and 3, Take nothing for your journey, neither a staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not even have two tunics apiece. What is Jesus saying right there? Well, Jesus is saying a lot of things. He's saying, uh, I'm going to take care of you. You know, you don't, have to, you don't have to worry about being taken care of. I'm going to take care of you. Trust me for your needs. But I think another thing Jesus is saying right there is, travel light. Travel light. You know what we do in churches sometimes? We make it too hard to do ministry. We make it too hard for people to do ministry. There are too many hoops. We make it too heavy. A lot of times people want to serve and get involved in churches, and man, they're required to sit for a whole year and go through all these classes and go through all this stuff. And, and, and I want to tell you that, that people have gifts that can be used right now. They have gifts that can be used immediately. See, listen, one of the things we're trying to get away from as a staff and we're trying to get away from as your leaders is thinking that all ministry has to be a big deal, a big event. We want to help you. We're learning and we want to teach you how you can be doing ministry every day of your life out there in the world. It doesn't have to have, you don't have to have a sound system and lights and, and, and all that just to go out and do ministry beyond these walls. Jesus says, keep it light. I mean, what if a guy came up? Let's say, we were, let's say we were all about football. Of course, we're not. But let's say we were, just as an illustration. Somebody came up and said, Pastor Farrell, I want to play football. And, and it's my job to get them involved in football. Now, what if I looked at them and said, all right, here's some shoulder pads and here's a helmet. Put these knee pads on. And we got a meeting with an offensive coordinator for about four weeks. And then we're going to meet with a defensive coordinator. And then we got to go over some scouting reports and look at some films. And then we're going to put you in training camp. They would go, I don't want to play no football. Because I just made it too heavy. I just made it too hard. What do you need to play football? I don't know what y'all needed. But when I was 16 years old, all I needed was two bent-up hubcaps and a football and some grass. How many old backyard football players have I got here? Show me out there. Some of y'all can't remember. All right. So you take a hubcap, old bent-up old hubcap, or whatever you can find, a piece of board or, or whatever. I mean, if you're really high class, you got one of them orange cones. That's really nice. And you go put it over here, and you go, all right. This is out of bounds and the touchdown line. Anybody remember that? Because if, you if you're running the ball down the field and you go out, you're out of bounds. But if you cross it this way, you just got a touchdown. And then you've got another old hubcap, and you go put it in the other corner, and you go, that's the touchdown and the out of bounds right there. And this is a football, and we got a patch of grass. Let's do what? Let's do what? Let's play some football. We make ministry too hard. We make it too hard. Jesus said, Travel light. So we got some places you can travel light where you can get involved in ministry. Let me just mention a couple of them. Pastor Jimmy has been so faithful. Listen, we, we wanted to get involved in some prisons closer to our church. So we knocked on their door and they said, we don't need you. We don't need you. And so Pastor Jimmy didn't stop doing prison ministry. He loaded up that bus out there. We call it the loaf because it looks like a loaf of bread. And, and he loaded that up because he had me on it one time. 
And we went to the prison in Rocky Mount. How many of y'all went to the prison in Rocky Mount last weekend, did some ministry back there? God bless you. God bless you. I heard a lot of lives were changed. A lot of people were blessed. So here's what Pastor Jimmy did. He didn't say, you know, Pastor, when we get closer to Whitley, when we can get in a prison closer to Whitley, then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do some prison ministry. He didn't do that. He stayed faithful in Rocky Mount. He stayed faithful. Well, guess what? We have now gotten a call from the prisons around us, right in our very neighborhood, saying, guys, they're cutting our money. They're cutting our funding. We sure could use some help over here. We're going in the house. We're going in there. We're going in there with the Word of God. We're going in there with the Bible. We're going in there with love. We're going in there with salvation. We're going in there with the message of Jesus. And, and, and you can serve. You can serve. You say, well, I don't know anything about the Bible. Let me ask you something. Can you put a hot dog in a bun and squirt some mustard on it? You are now a servant of the Most High God. So thank God for Pastor Jimmy, Lisa Powell, and Wayne, and all that, and Kelly Carter, and her little short nubby husband. <laughs> He's a man I can look up to. What's up, Bobby? Okay. <clears throat> soup kitchen, man. Y'all been to the soup kitchen? Been to the soup kitchen? Give me a whoop whoop. All right. Missions. You can go on a mission trip. It's too late to go to Kentucky now, but, but uh, they go to Kentucky a couple times a year. You can get involved in that. And look, what if you didn't go to Kentucky, but you still helped them with their fundraisers? Well, that don't make no sense. I mean, if I ain't going, why would I help them with their fundraiser? Because you love Jesus. And you want to help other people do the thing God's called them to do. Sometimes you're an armor bearer. Sometimes you're a supporter. Sometimes you're not on the point of the spear. You're the spear. You're the whatever. You're behind the scenes. I'll get home today, Amelia go, you know, your metaphors and analogies just got way out of hand today. We got a ministry called Helping Hands where they assist the elderly and widows and disabled people. Some disabled people can't change their light bulb. How many of you know elderly and widows and people like that, they don't need to be getting up on ladders and doing stuff. So we got a place for you to help us. And, and just be on call. So Pastor Jimmy can call you and go, hey, man, can you go by this lady's house? Here's her address. And can you go by there? She's an elderly lady, and she's got some plumbing stuff that isn't working right. Something's broke. Can you just go by there and check on her? Instead of her calling, somebody's going to come on there and charge her a whole bunch of money. And, uh, can, you know, the church just go over there. Are y'all with me out there? Amen. And, um, and we... we um, Partnerships with the Red Cross, Disaster Relief, Wayne Pregnancy Center, Fordham House. Um, you know, if there's not an open door here at Whitley, partner up with some of the people we're partnered with. Call Wayne Pregnancy and go, hey, man, how can I help y'all? Call the Fordham House and say, hey, Linda, what, what can, can I help over there anyway? Can I do something? Can I come out there a couple hours a week and maybe clean up? Or what can I do? See, you've got to get that outflow going. If you don't get that outflow going, you're going to stagnate. You're going to stagnate. And let me tell you about people that stagnate. They get kind of sour and, you know, have sour spirit, you know. They get complaining and everything, nothing's right and everything's everybody else's fault. Now, these people come to the second service, but I've got to preach it to everybody, all right? Y'all, do y'all understand what I'm saying? But when a person's got an outflow, let me tell you the happiest people I know, the happiest people I know are people that are not about, we all ain't done nothing for me lately. They're always looking to do something for somebody else. 
They're the happiest people. And people who are always expecting something to be done for them, they're always miserable people. Miserable. Because you can't do enough. You can't do enough. Y'all ain't loving me out there. I know y'all ain't loving me. Children and youth ministries, there's never a time we don't have opportunities for you to serve there. You know, I'm telling you, serving kids, that's a job right there. We need to, you remember tag team wrestling? Where a guy just wrestled all he could and then he's tired, he's tagged somebody. We might start that with kids' ministry. Have a whole team in the nursery, you know, and they just get wore out and y'all stand out there in the hall going, come on, man, tag me, tag me, tag me. <laughs> Hospitality. I got the idea from somebody the other day. I don't know if he's here or not. He might be here. I'm probably about to make him mad. He just insinuated to me that the parking lot was beneath him. I got attorneys in the parking lot. I got, I got a detective in the parking lot that will lock you up. <laughs> I got guys that serve in our parking lot and stand out there and wave and put them big hands on that during the week, they're in charge of a team of people. They're, they're leaders. They, they're, they're owners of their own businesses, but they walk right out there in that parking lot and serve Jesus. Man, if you think you're too big to work in the parking lot, let me tell you something. You probably ain't going to fit here at Whitley Church. Let me just help you and save you some time. Did I say that out loud? <clears throat> parking lot. I, I tell you the funniest thing I ever saw, and I got to quit preaching. But the funniest thing I ever saw, Tim Edwards. Tim Edwards. I don't know if Tim's here. But Tim Edwards, big old guy, tall, big guy. If we had a football team, he'd be on the line. And uh, he's just a servant, man. He's just a servant of God. Got the sweetest heart. And he, he serves at the bridge. And I drove up there one night, and it was his first night parking cars at the bridge. And we don't really have to park cars. We're just out there waving, man. We're just out there saying, welcome to, welcome to the bridge. And he's standing out there, and honest to goodness, man, he had on a vest, came right here. <laughs> Little Royal Ranger vest. I don't know how he got in it. I drove up, man, I saw him in that little vest waving that big hand on his hand. I died laughing. It was hilarious. I called Jim Gilkey. I said, get that man a big vest. That man needs a big vest. That Royal Ranger vest off him. He looked like a, a missionette out there in parking. <laughs> but there was no pride in him. He put on that little orange vest, come up right there. Out there in that parking lot, man, serving Jesus. Serving Jesus. Thank God for people. Let me tell you something. They're the people that make the church great. That person sitting back moaning and griping because he ain't in the spotlight and the other people in the spotlight, he's killing the church. But that guy who'll get out there and say, I don't need no spotlight. I just want to serve God. I don't care if I get a badge or credit or a certificate. I just want to serve my Jesus. That's the people that build a great church. Creative arts, drama, set construction, set design. Hey, hey, listen, maybe you've been through a, a time in your marriage and you've come through it and now your marriage is strong. Scott and Sherry need people who will join with them and, and, and they can counsel with a couple and get that couple kind of on track and turn them over to you so they can reach on out there to somebody else. And you can kind of mentor 
a couple that's struggling. You can kind of meet with them, have some coffee once a week, and kind of say, how's it going, and help them work through some things. Call to arms. Man, they blew it out here Friday night. I can't believe what they did, though. It just offended me to the deepest part of my being. They brought in inflatables and put them right there. Moved them chairs, blew them inflatables up where those kids could jump around in those bouncy houses. Man, I know churches, if you'd have brought an inflatable in the sanctuary, they would have took you out. (laughs) That's what I love about this church. That's what I love about this church. Here's what I feel like you're saying, Pastor, just get it done. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. I don't care. I don't care how we do it. Let's move some chairs. Let's, let's get the pews out. I like pews. I like pews. I think pews are pretty. But I'll tell you something. It's going to make us reach more people to get those pews out and bring some chairs in. To get your pews out and bring some chairs in. And let's make this into a multifunctional building. I love you guys for that. I love you for it. Some of y'all, you can't come up here on the stage, but you could visit the elderly. We've got some elderly people who need more visits. Some of you, you're not going to ever sing in the choir because I've heard you sing, so you're not going to be in the choir. <laughs> but, you, but you're good with sick people. Some people are very uncomfortable going in where people are suffering. But God's given some of you a gift to be with suffering people, and you know what to say, and you know how to comfort, and you know how to just be there. And we need people. Pastor Jimmy, I mean, Pastor Andy could use some people. Maybe, maybe you say, Pastor, I'm just not an upfront person. But I could make some phone calls, encourage people. I could write some cards, mothers and preschoolers. and I could go on and on and on. What Jesus was saying to these disciples is, he, said, he was saying, you can do ministry. You haven't got to load three camels down with equipment to go do ministry. Make it light, keep it light. We talked about that guy who says, I'm not going to serve until I can get the big glamorous job. Look what Luke 16, 10 says. Put that up there, guys. Anyone who can be trusted in little matters can also be trusted in important matters. I'm sorry I'm preaching so long. Verse 4, Jesus goes on, whatever house you enter, stay there till you leave that city. There's a lot of things that, that sentence means. But one of the things Jesus is saying is focus. Don't jump around. Don't jump around from one thing to another. Get in something. Fruit comes when you stick with it. You don't go put a seed in the ground, go in the house, wash some dishes, and go back out there and go, well, you ain't doing nothing. It takes time. It takes time. And you might get in a ministry where where it gets mundane and you're not seeing the fruit. And God may be testing you. God may be testing you. If you'll stick with something long enough, you'll see some fruit eventually. And some of you who are already in ministry and you've got some experience, when you see that younger person or that new Christian who's struggling because they're not seeing the results, go up there and put your arm around them and say, hey, listen, I spent, time, I spent two hours with a young pastor yesterday right in my office, two hours with him, and he was feeling so insecure and he was feeling like maybe I'm not called to preach and maybe I'm not called to do this. And, and, and somebody had kind of rejected some of his ideas and he had had to take a stand on some things in the church and people got mad at him because he had to take a stand. 
stand, and the stand he took was a right stand. And he sat there in my office, and he was feeling beat up. And so I've been doing this thing over 30 years, and I looked at him, and I said, young man, let me tell you something. You're right where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do, and you're going to go through times like this. And he left the office ready to go back out there and get it done. And when you see somebody who's new in the Lord, struggling, and, and they're not getting the fruit, they're not seeing the fruit, you go up to them, put your arm around them, and say, hey, listen, man, one time I was in ministry, and we went six months, and it was down, 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 stuff wasn't working, everything was falling apart, people were leaving, but I want to tell you something, I stuck with it and stayed on my knees, and now this has happened, and I've seen God do this. Encourage people. Encourage them. Some of you are encouragers, but you're not using it. Verse 5, and as for those who do not receive you, he says, as you go out from that city, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. He said, when people will laugh at you and mock you and won't listen to you, he said, there is a time, there is a time to move on. He said, but I'll tell you when that time is. You know what Jesus is saying right there? Don't sweat failure. Everybody fails. Everybody, everybody, when you do ministry, you have people you thought were going to be stars. You thought that you were going to really be able to help them, and they start, they're the ones that reject you. How about Peter? What do you think Jesus picked Peter, and then Peter stands there at the fire warming his hands and goes, I don't even know Jesus. Jesus right there looking at him with chains. He looks, and Peter goes, I don't even know him. Then he cursed said, I don't know him. I mean, he had Judas. Don't, Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. You, you can't make everybody do what you want them to do. You can't make everybody be what you want them to be. You be faithful, and you mentor them, you love on them, you lead them the best you can. Uh, but don't give up. And then in verse 6, it says they went out. They went out. Parting, they began going throughout the villages. And I just see this here. We're, we're going to leave here today, and... Guys, as you're leaving today, just go out there and understanding you're a representative of Jesus and go out there in that world and preach the gospel and help people and make disciples. Um, I had fun preaching today. I was cutting up, having some fun. Y'all didn't get some of my jokes, but they were funny. You'll get them later. But listen, this is the call of God on this church. If y'all think that we're going to be one of those churches where you just come every weekend to see the big show and then we just go home and do whatever we want to do until we come back to the next show, that ain't happening. You're going to get challenged every week. We're going to call you and we're going to empower you. We're going to set you free. We're going to send you out. We're going to reach more people for Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Father, I just pray over this congregation. I just pray over our church. I pray over our staff. I pray over our leadership team. I pray over all our volunteers. If there's anybody out there discouraged, Lord Jesus, let them, let them be encouraged today. Let them be lifted up. If, there, if there's somebody out there, maybe they got hurt in a church. Maybe they were in the, in the game one time, somebody just stomped them with the cleats. So they crawl back up in the stands. God, call them back in the game. Call them back in the game, God. We're going to get hurt. Yeah, we're going to get rejected. We're going to get disappointed. But Lord, you've empowered us. You've empowered us to make it through those times. 
I thank you for this church. I thank you for the heart of this church. I thank you for the compassion of these people. Help me to be the pastor they need. Help me be the pastor they need, God. Sometimes I feel so inadequate. Give me the tools I need to be the leader they need, to be the pastor they need, God. I pray for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, don't move, don't move. If you're a guest, we have a gift for you, okay? It's right back there. It's 8 by 10 glossy of me. I've autographed it. I'm just kidding. It's, a, it's some neat stuff. Right back there at the Guest Welcome Center. If you didn't get your Connect card in, if you didn't get your offering in, you can drop it off right back there at the Guest Welcome Center, or you can go out here and drop it off at the uh, Connect Center in the foyer. There's a little card in your worship program where you can sign up to volunteer. Listen, if you have volunteered, if you have put on your Connect card that you want to volunteer, nobody's called you, please call us. Please call us. The phone number for the church is on the worship program. Call us and get on our case and say, man, I've, I need to hear from you guys. I've been trying to volunteer. I can't get anybody to call me. You call us. Help us out. Ring that bell. We want to bless you. We want to help you. We're going to pray for people up here this morning. If anybody needs prayer, we'll be happy to pray with you. God bless you. Sorry for preaching so long. Have a great afternoon. Happy Memorial Day weekend. I love you. <laughs>